Johnny Moore, are you yes. ready? Because I've had an idea. Oh, okay. Because is this going to help with defeating the podcast Illuminati? Probably. Is that deal? Probably not, but probably. Um, okay. So, you know how some of the best and totally not oversaturated podcasts nowadays are... D&D. What? But Blake, D&D takes like... Multiple. We're all, we are just two men. Well, I mean, no, I know we did you're like, the dungeon. I'm the dragon. I don't want you to <laughs> enter my dungeon. As a dragon. Yes, yeah, a dragon. <laughs> okay, but so D. Blake, Blake, we're all alone. What can we do? <laughs> oh, look! Look, it's people. It's all of our friends. But by, by the way, by the way, Scotty, they totally make uh, make dragons that can enter your dungeon. <laughs> Welcome to a load of BS and D. BS and D. I am Scotty Moore, and I will be playing the character of Viola Sterling. She's a half elf, uh, a half elf bard, and she fucks. That's her only character trait. She fucks. She used to travel the world playing music, but then got into a bar fight that scarred her face terribly. And ever since, she's had real body issues, and now she's led to a life of adventuring. All right. And apparently just fucking. And fucking. By the way, Scotty, I like how, I like how you've converted your, uh, your man horniness into a female character for this to make it more socially acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've only got one now. I have to live vicariously through Viola. All right. And speaking of the one I've got... It's <laughs> <laughs> baby. She's so now... used to ignoring you, she doesn't know how to act in this situation. <laughs> Introduce yourself and who you is. Okay, here, you take this. Please read the bounty. Blake wants us to do that. Um Somebody listens to me. <laughs> <laughs> Happy days are here again. I was trying to read it, but Scotty was talking so loud I gave up. <laughs> uh Story of my life. Um, okay, so I'm playing uh, Bramble Moss, who is a halfling druid. Um, Bramble came from a druidic clan that was kind of out in the woods, secluded, and they're just kind of out now to see if they can do the world and see if they want the world. That's kind of Viola's whole thing, too. Just uh. do the world. Well... Kind of like how Amish kids go out and experience the world. <laughs> well, no, we we figured out Bramble's essentially like on Rumspringa. Yeah. Nice. Also, this is Emily Ireland, my lady and baby mama. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's... People weren't watching this, you know, weren't uncomfortable with you. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> you had to throw uh... the word baby mama in there. Thanks. <laughs> All right, and then we have Michael Mr. McEwen. That's me. Blake, we finished each other's 
sandwiches. That was fantastic. You finish your own fucking sandwich. I'm sorry. All right, what's up, Michael? Uh, well, I'm playing a uh, tabaxi rogue named Quill in the Grass, or just Quill in the Grass is the family name. Um, what else was I supposed to say about him? Uh, yeah, is his nickname Mr. Whiskers. Mr. <laughs> He's originally from a continent that doesn't technically exist. So does he also try to fuck the world as we've already said as a president for now, every I other will character? Say, you can talk about his wanderlust. That is kind of integral. Yeah, he does want to experience the world in his own way. I would say that's very that's very true. So, you know, like most tabaxi do, he wa- he wandered from home not long after he was born. And he went uh traveled a lot. Ended up with the elves and just kind of hung out with them for a little while. Partied with the elves. Yeah. Sick. And then finally, we have a, a drunk man who woke up hungover with no sense of identity. Well, Dylan, I want you to tell me everything you know about your character now. Uh, my name is Tavis. <laughs> uh, I'm apparently a furbolg. Yep. You can see him. He, there, you can see the picture in the screenshots or in yeah. the drive. Uh, I have I have no height or weight dimensions, so I assume I am a giant. And <laughs> if you yeah. look on the second page on the top, no, I like this idea that Tavis is of unknowable height and weight. Each I mean, time I mean, look, I like, mean, there's there's no weight, so like I could be the fattest fucking furball that ever existed. As long as you're seven and a half feet tall. <laughs> All okay. right, I'm glad. I'm glad we 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 kept the yep. kept the doors open for that one. Okay, uh, um, I'm gonna be honest in making your character, uh, Dylan, because I just made the character sheet. I tried to fill out everything that I could. Um, also, we need to touch on. How much D&D y'all played? None. Um, I wrote a book based on a D&D campaign I did, which was not even from the real game. Emily? Um, this is it. Good. <laughs> uh, um, Michael has had I've, a good... Yeah. Michael and I, we played through just about the same number of games, so we got you. Four. And then Dylan is Dylan. Thanks. That's the answer. All right, Blake. Is it time to do an adventure? It's time. Let me sweep you away um, into this one moment that all of you have apparently shared at the same time in different places. Because a cold wind blows down from the Frostfall Mountains over the chimney tops of the gray city of Red Hawk. This quiet castle town has experienced a boom in population over the recent years from prospectors, mining guilds, and any others attempting to make their fortunes in the cold north of the island of Ilven. Throngs of rumors promising untold riches under the mountains and ancient magical ruins have attracted settlers from far and wide to try to make this rugged land their home. Though the massive activity has brought with it a number of bandits, cutthroats, and outlaws all from many shores with a singular goal in mind. Get rich off the riches of others. Meanwhile, maybe other darker things have been awakened by the sound of pickaxes and explosions in the mountains. Or maybe not. I don't know. It's D&D. I don't know. Fuck it, dude. 
Yep. Um, this adventurous spirit has brought you uh, to the town of Red Hawk for whatever reason in the cold lands in northern Ilven. And one day, you notice a, a note, either on a bounty board or kind of in uh, placed in a tavern, or you may have woken up in a stable with it kind of clutched to your chest, like Dylan. <laughs> um, the stable is broken apart. He's like Doctor Who. He just regenerated, and this is what he is now. It's now. <laughs> oh, and it reads, To any and all who can read this damn thing, and with an interest in making uh, big money by tracking down dangerous bounties, slaying hordes of ravenous beasties, or... Anything else that people need money for, or people would pay you money for, I need your help. I'm setting up t shop in the town of Red Hawk, the norths of Ilvin. I need hunters, trackers, strong arms, but magic users too if you've got them. I'm looking for people to get results. So don't show up in my plowing door with rags and a rusty dagger. I don't want you, I don't want to clean you off the side of the road. The money's good, the dangers are unknown, and if you think you're up to it, come and find me. Bright's Bounties, Northern Red Hawk. By the way, collateral damage is coming straight out of your pay, and I will not pull your asses out of a dungeon if you do something stupid. I ain't running the demolition business, I ain't running the construction company, and I sure as hell ain't paying for your dumbass funeral. Ah, oh, shit, I'm looking at my stuff, and all I have are rags and rusty daggers. This is bullshit. Oh, you're gonna have to make another character. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe, like, whore around for some better stuff. Alright, I go to the bar. <laughs> Alright. Um, Alright, first turn, I burn the bar down. <laughs> um, now, I would like you guys to tell me, just really quickly, where we find you in or around this city. Michael? Uh, I'm in a horse stable in the hay next to a pretty horsey. <laughs> Let's see here. He is uh, my friend now. His name is Steve. You do know you can talk to animals. Yeah, that's how I know his name is Steve. Like, legit. No, no, that's why he said it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you can... His name is Steve. Yeah, people keep calling him, like, <laughs> like Thunderclap, and it's, it's real awkward for him. Michael? Sitting in a, an alleyway near the tavern. Mm-hmm. Okay, I am out in the street busking. With my fucking violin just getting it, shaking my ass for the world as I play, like, hip-hop variations on classical music of this world. Alright, roll me a performance. Okay! Nobody's asked what I was doing, hey! Oh, hey, I'm hold sorry. on, no, I've gotta see how good I am at playing, playing the fucking violin. Oh, no. Yep. Oh, wait, no, 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 I forgot. I'm also facing the devil in a contest, and if oh. I win, I get a fiddle made of gold. You're definitely not, but I love the enthusiasm. All right. He's he set up a puppet and he's he's like pretending. Oh shit! Oh shit! What's my performance? Yes, twenty-one. I rolled a seventeen plus four performance. All right. Yeah, you're doing real good, actually. Um, someone throws you about seven silver your way. Yeah. Yeah. Seven silver pieces from your busking, Emily. What are you up to? He's now somewhat less poor. Nice. Bram yes. Uh, Bramble's in the tavern, uh, just stuffing their face. Cool. So, yes. <laughs> uh, you've all got this notice, and um, I'll go into a little bit more Steve depth. Steve gave it to me. It was very nice of him. <laughs> oh, good for Steve. But um, 
you know that this uh, this bounty company has set up in an old mansion just to the north of the city's walls, just so just outside the city walls, mm -hmm. um, and uh, for whatever reason you've got this notice and it's interesting to you. Yeah, I don't know okay. how interesting, but. Now, do we all arrive at the same time, or is it like I show up and then that fucking giant Karibo Tavis shows up and then. I'm gonna say. Roll for it? Yeah, let's all roll for it. Let's give everyone uh, a roll. Roll a I would D20. also like to. Hey, uh. Like, I would like to cast Disguise Self on myself before making my way across town. Oh, of course. <laughs> what do you want to disguise like yourself? Oh, no, I just make myself three feet shorter, so I'm now four and a half feet tall. I thought you were going to, like, do that. I thought you were going to do the thing, like, in the Ninja Turtles, where they put on that creepy human mask and a trench coat, and you're just kind of busking through town. You're really, you're really attached to the word busk today. <laughs> it's a fun word. So, I'm good. I'm totally down with, like, giving you this horse buddy if you want to keep him. Honestly, Dylan. Steve's a good guy. Steve's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, I'll totally, okay. I'll totally, I'll totally take Steve with me. I'll lead Steve through the town. All right, cool. Okay. You are now a horse thief. <laughs> Steve came willingly. That's true. He's he's following me. I I didn't make Steve do anything. <laughs> it was All a right, consensual I, kidnapping. I think I take I take my seven silver and I just get on my way and then I realize that that's not going to be enough for my stay at the end that night and then I see this notice I'm promising of gold and then I immediately go. All right, cool, cool. So I rolled. Did you want to? Yeah, everyone also roll a straight up and down <laughs> d twenty. Michael, the one person who did what we were supposed to do. Uh huh. How dare you, sir? <laughs> You're making the rest of us look more. bad. Uh. So Michael gets there first because he's the one person who did what the DM was telling him. You to know do. what? I think that's true, but I also want to know what everyone rolled. I rolled an eighteen. Shit, Dylan. Yeah, I got a four. Fucking that horse took you fast. <laughs> um, I, I'm using the I'm using the official Dungeons and Dragons dice roller. Okay. Nice. I rolled a uh, eight. Eight. So Quill, Viola, and Bramble, you guys are all lagging behind to Viz because he gets there first. Of course, because he's on a horse. Yep. Um, I'm not so, on it. I'm just... The horse is following. You ever had a dog follow you? It's like that, but it's a horse. <laughs> so you and uh, Steve are just... Is it just, a Clydesdale? <laughs> just a tiny little horse. Uh, I think he's a... Um, he's probably the runt of the horse litter. So That's fine. He's a little smaller than a normal horse. And you guys really just bonded because you were his first friend. They right. they've been feeding him Budweiser, and that's why he's so small. Um, the so world's yeah. smallest Clydesdale, Steve. <laughs> you come up to this mansion, and boy, howdy, it has seen some better days. It is kind of a little bit old, decrepit, um, and it's just kind of it looks like it's been falling apart, like it was abandoned for a long time. And um, the wrought iron gate kind of surrounding the estate is just hanging open, and it creaks in the wind. And you're kind of at that gate. There's a pathway down to the front door. There's the ruins of an old stable, of an old, um, like, guest house or an old, like, servant's quarters out to the side. And then there's just the main way down the door. All right. 
Me and Steve will go to the door. All right. <laughs> On the door, um, it looks like somebody has freshly painted, not very long ago at all, onto a plaque that once bore the name of whoever's manor this used to be, and it says, Bright's Bounties, Inquire Within. All right. Okay. I'm going to have Steve knock. <laughs> all right. So this is a fun thing about your uh, trait is that you can talk to animals, but sometimes they don't understand what you're saying. So, so when you say knock, um, he doesn't quite understand what knock is. So he just kind of clops his foot on the, on the floor. Aww. Good enough. Steve. Good. It doesn't make much sound at the door, though. I, like, take his, his hoof and then <laughs> put it... Why is it becoming the fucking miracle worker right now? <laughs> and, then I, and then I tell him to do the same thing. Thing. Oh. Kunk, 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 kunk. I pet him on the, I pet him on the side. Good job, Steve. Um, so, yeah. The, uh, you hear some sounds of movement after a few moments. And um, the door kind of creaks open a little bit. And then it kind of gets, flings back a little bit faster, and you are stood before a dwarven man with a long white beard. Um, he only has one eye, and he kind of looks you up and down. He looks your horse up and down. He says, uh, what can I do you for? Out of there. Uh, this? And... Hand in the... Oh! So you wanna... You looking for some work, I take it? Sure. Alright. Well, uh... My name is Bardock. What can I ask is yours? Uh... Tavis. Yeah, Tavis. Alright. Well, listen, uh... Come on uh, this in. This is I'll... Steve. And he... He looks at the he horse. Just, he stares at it. And he looks at you and he says... Good to know. <laughs> Come on inside. We'll, uh, we're just about to get something ready. We can talk business over dinner. Wonderful. Steve's very hungry. And I think <laughs> as, as we kind of leave off of that button, um, the three of you, uh, or oh. the rest of you, <laughs> oh, arrive. You see, a, yeah. you see oh. what appears to be a midget and a small Clydesdale <laughs> walking into a house. <laughs> And then over the hill you just hear like I will say that the three of you arrive at very close to the same time okay. um, You may have kind of noticed each other walking in the same direction Kind of as the, uh, the town outside the gates of the city kind of cleared out And uh, you all kind of make your way up to this manor house can we have and started racing, each trying to get there first to get the uh, to well, get the bounty? I'm not gonna say. I'm gonna say this is the first moment that you've kind of noticed that the the other there are two other people going in your same direction for everyone. Okay. I think Viola wanted to hit on the halfling, and that's why she's like, "I'll I'll allow it." Okay. So do you guys want to do anything, or you just keep kind of heading on? I'm gonna play my violin and give a little bit of bardic inspiration to Quill. Oh. The cat man you never met? 
Yeah. Well, no. Actually, you know what? No, no, no. I want to fuck. I want to fuck the halfling. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna give a little bit of bardic inspiration to uh to Bramble, <laughs> and that means that with it, I inspire another creature through my sick violining. That within the next ten minutes, they can add one d six roll to a d twenty roll. All right. So you're just walking down the street playing your violin, and you walk up behind the halfling. <laughs> it's like, have you ever seen the videos online where it's like uh, at an anime convention and they're playing violin behind them? I'm like playing the Legend of Zelda theme or some shit. Yep, that's what happens. Bramble. She's just walking. This... Bramble's just walking forward going, who the fuck is <laughs> this person? Yes. You do now have a person who is playing their violin wildly <laughs> by, as they're walking very close behind you. What do you do? <laughs> well, at first I try to ignore it. Good luck. I've been trying to ignore him for years. <laughs> After a while, it, it's obvious it's not going to work. So I just kind of turn around. I was like, okay, what do you want? <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> you then, in my bed tonight. <laughs> But first, I gotta get this bounty, and then I shove her out of the way and run towards the house. <laughs> Lord! Alright, I'm gonna have to make an attack roll, and no. <laughs> oh man, PvP arc. in the first ten minutes, alright. <laughs> you just kind of, you brush past, and kind of just ahead of her, um, I will say, um, roll a, uh, let's see, just roll a perception check. A perception check? Okay. Yeah. That is a 15 plus... Where's my perception at? There it is. Is it passive perception, or what do I... I'm gonna find Um, it. Hold on. Oh, I don't get anything on perception. Never mind. I'm very not perceptive, but uh, I rolled a 15. But with a 15, you have just enough time to um, notice that you are about to careen with a tabaxi that is right in front of you, and you are able to move out of the way. Okay. Uh, however, this tabaxi man notices you very obviously almost smash into them from behind. Yes. Uh, I was also just trying to ignore whatever they were doing <laughs> and walk toward the door. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so it sounds like he almost ran into me, but it, but dodged me right yeah. before. Okay. Yeah. So I, uh, I turn around and begrudgingly acknowledge him now. <laughs> I'm a girl. <laughs> like at that one point, Viola's like, "I'm a girl." <laughs> um, She's a man, baby. <laughs> I bet. What? <laughs> uh, all right. <clears throat> so, by begrudgingly acknowledged, you just kind of stare at her. Well, no, I, um, I say. Or is it like one of those bro head nods where you look at somebody as you get onto an elevator and you're just like, "Sup," and then we keep walking. It's like that, but without any of the respect towards the other party. Yeah. Nobody's on the ground right now. Nobody's fallen over and hurt themselves, right? No, she didn't fall over. She was able to, um, although the violin playing was interrupted. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, that's all right then. So I just, they're okay. So I just, little nod, and I keep walking. All right. Toward the door, because mm. I want to be there before they do. Yes. You but do. I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. walking. Mm. Well, um, Viola, do you keep running? 
Uh, I do keep running. I, well, no, I take the moment to put my backpack away, or my violin away. That way I can bolt towards okay. the door. Um, as you're kind of, like, fumbling and getting your stuff in your pack, um, I will say that Tabaxi has once again kind of overtaken you, and, but you start running and then you still get there first. Yeah! Just as he is at the gate, you get there at the same time. Okay. Um, and then as, like, he's walking in, you're walking in, you kind of have another moment where it's like, we are obviously doing the same thing. Now it's awkward. And and then a tiny halfling comes squaddling up. Hey. What's up? Yep. You do see these two as they're about to enter the gate, and you are pretty close behind them. Um, Bramble. So, what do you guys do? Well, the entire time that they're doing all of this other stuff, I'm just watching them, and I've kind of figured out at some point... That we're all going to the same place. And I'm just like, okay, we're all going to get there. It's going to be awkward. Just go. I'll meet you there. I'm going at my own pace. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my thing. You guys do what you want. I'll be there to heal you and yeah. when I get there. I'll get there when I get there. Now, did you bring this Steve This is me in- feeding the horse. <laughs> did you bring Steve in there with you? Well, that's kind of where, that's where we left off on. Because as you mentioned that you wanted to bring the horse in the house... The uh, dwarf that you just met kind of stopped. Thought about for I'll roll, a second. I'll roll for persuasion. And he's like, why do you want to bring the horse in the house? <laughs> why don't you want the horse to come into the house? <laughs> well, we have a stable. That's like houses for the horses. That's where Randall's horse is. Right, right, right. I, I get that. But, like, this house is nicer than the stable, and Steve's my friend. Okay, but we're not going to pay him. That's fine. That's fine. Fine. It's not like this place could get any more trashed up. And he kind of grumbles. I didn't want to say anything. Uh, oh, no, I'm well aware. <laughs> he, he says, come on in, though. We'll get you a nice place. I guess there's a broken couch if Steve wants to sit down. That'd be lovely. Thank you. All right. He's a little bit incredulous of the fact that he's just let a horse in the house, but... Okay, and then I guess that's about the time we show up. Yeah, you guys show up. Just as he's, like, shutting the door, he sees you three, like, walking down, kind of staggered, and, um... I I want you to know that the entire time this has been going on, I just think of the John Mulaney bit with the horse's babysitter. Here's the phone number, here's where we'll be staying, and you're a horse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so yeah you're having a comfortable moment with your horse and uh this dwarf he calls out for you and he says uh how do can i help you with something are we all in there now you're coming down the like the walkway and he's called out to you where's my fucking money the three of us (laughs) yeah okay what For the bounty thing! What do you need? What do you want? I got it! You do work for us and then get paid. What do you want? I can get whatever you need. I have my (laughs) wand at the ready to cast Minor Illusion. (laughs) Well, I imagine you're also scratching yourself like (laughs) Dave Chappelle. (laughs) (laughs) Got any more of that crack? Got any more of them... (laughs) 
Spell slots? <laughs> Those spell slots? So, um, so you kind of come up and he's, uh, he looks you over for a second and he says, Well, <clears throat> you certainly don't lack for enthusiasm. Look, just come on in. We'll get you all situated and we'll talk about it. This is weird that we've had four people show up on the same night. <laughs> I know, it's kind of contrived. <laughs> and a horse. <laughs> and a and a horse. He puts his hand in his face. And he's like, "It's gonna be one of those, isn't it?" <laughs> All right, well, come on in. It's not getting any warmer. I'll go find Randall. He's probably somewhere around. Um, and he leads you in. And the main room of this mansion, it looks just like you'd expect from the outside. It's basically like walking into Luigi's Mansion. It's very dusty. Um, very dirty. Like, old pictures and paintings that were once on the walls have fallen. Cobwebs aplenty. It looks like the uh, the candelabras and the torches um, in the sconces have only been recently lit. And um, you kind of go into a main room. It's uh, kind of cavernous. There's a staircase that two staircases that lead up to kind of a um, a uh, second-story, like, balcony in this main room, and it juts off into a different corridor. And there's, uh, right in front of you, a main door that looks like it goes into the rest of the house. You're in the foyer! Okay. Um, and uh, this dwarf, he just kind of says... Uh, Alright, vi- no, vi- okay. Viola walks up and goes, Okay, okay, I know the deal. If we can stay in this house for 24 hours, we get a million dollars. But there's ghosts, right? I'm all ready for it. Let's go. Well, there were ghosts. We killed them, but there were. I don't think you know how ghosts work. (laughs) Well, I don't think you know how ghosts work. You know what a vengeful spirit is. Are you sure they weren't just people in sheets? I cast Minor Illusion and make a ghost show up. <laughs> you know, this is not very different than the first time I've done, I did this campaign. Except <laughs> it was Dazzling Lights. Do you really cast Minor Illusion? Yeah, I cast Minor Illusion and then I make a ghost appear. <laughs> okay, Bramble freaks the hell out. <laughs> um, let's see. Bardock kind of looks at the ghost. He looks at you. He looks at the ghosts. And then he kind of just starts walking away and says, I'll go see if Randall's in. (laughs) Alright, after a few minutes of this, you kind of go about your business, um, and you hear a, um, a couple of sets of feet kind of coming out into the foyer. Um, there's the dwarf's steps, who you heard him leave earlier, and then behind him, like a much heavier set of footsteps. Like, the old foundations of the, um, the mansion itself, like, you can kind of feel them reverberate a little bit, and, um, the door kind of, after a moment, flies open, and you behold a very tall human man in a long, like, leather-padded coat, um, with kind of a bald head and a long kind of chin beard, going down, um, it's a little bit salt and peppery, and he looks at you for a second, you look back, and he says, 
Well, hot damn! Look at all these conscripts we got in here. Nice to meet you. I'm Randall Bright. Who did not expect that voice out of you, my man? Here, Viol- Viola Sterling, nice to meet you. Good to meet you, too. He grabs your hand, and um, as he's shaking it, he is so far... Like, how tall are you? I am uh, six foot one. He Jesus. He is probably almost as tall as um, Tavis. All, just about seven feet tall is how big this man is. <laughs> um, okay, Braun. Jesus. Well, I was, <laughs> I was about to say nobody taught him how to be that way, but um, <laughs> he didn't ask for that. Remind he, me to stay over here so I don't catch those hands. Wait, wait, Blake, you're saying that he's seven foot tall and you can't teach that? Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. I made a wrestle reference. Um, <laughs> I, I wave, I wave at him. Hi, I'm Tavis. This is Steve. What? Ah. All right. By the way, by the way, I'm sitting like, you know, like, like, like Winnie the Pooh, like just legs out. I'm like that, except instead of leaning against the back of a couch, I'm leaning against a horse that is sitting like a dog on what's left <laughs> of this couch. He's just kind of dangling it. It's like, hmm. Well. Do you remember the I, sneezing panda video? That's how I see you two right now. Like, you are in yeah. the pap of fucking Steve. Or, no, um, I'm on the side. Yeah. Do you still, with your disguised self, Dylan, do you still look like a fear bog? Yeah, I'm like a midget fear bog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, He's, I'm four or five right now. <laughs> he says, um, he kind of looks at you specifically when you introduce yourself to this, and he's like, Huh. I didn't expect a mountain man to be out here, but I guess everybody's got to work, right? Sure, we'll we'll go with that. Vaguely racist, <laughs> but all right. <laughs> Pet pet's horse. All of y'all looking for work, or do you need do you need something done? I hold up the paper. <laughs> all right, that's a hard yes on the first one. I would like money, please. Give it to me now. All right, that's second yes. Good with you. good for that. I am also here because of the advertisement I saw. Okay, good. I can work with that. And with everyone else that has spoken, he kind of <laughs> turns to you in the corner. Um, Bramble. Okay, um, Bramble finally speaks up. She's kind of been quiet this whole time. Um, honestly... I'm not here for the ad. I'm here for the people answering the ad. Because I figure people that are going to go out after this ad are going to need healing. And that's what I'm good at. So you're saying you came here for me? And then Viola, like, she's only three feet tall, so she leans on her head like she's leaning on a table. (laughs) While still making seductive eyes at her. Places I can make you disappear. (laughs) Lord... And, um, he says, well, that's awful noble of you, miss. I never would have thought I'd see that from, uh, someone around these parts. All right. I'm not really from here. <laughs> oh, that explains out, of, it. out of character, he's like, man, I didn't expect to see that from anyone playing this session. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting some of the worst of the worst, but dadgum, that's helpful. <laughs> well, I'm an animal rights activist. Thank you very much. <laughs> You really are. Um, he kind of says, you know, I never turn anyone away that's kind of looking to make some money, so 
How about uh, I'll do you this? I got to me and Barduck over here. Barduck, he's kind of on the brains of this operation. We were just about to sit down to have a nice little dinner, a nice stew that uh, we had made, some roasted yams. Uh, how's about I invite y'all all to the table, and we kind of talk this out. I kind of I get a, an idea of what you, what you can offer to the business. And then we can see where you could fit in as a contractor. Is it just yams? You said well, roasted yams. I just I have to assume there has to be something else. Did uh did you, did you see the fields as you kind of walked out past the uh, gates? No, no, I understand that. I All mean, yams. Did you see they were? Did you, did you see they were barren? They're where I grow my fucks. <laughs> hey. Well, now's a good time to chime in. Bramble is loving it. It's food. It's free food. Yep, he says. Um, I'm well, sitting in got... a chair, and then Steve is sitting behind me with his head like on my shoulder, <laughs> and then I'm just feeding. I'm feeding him, and then I'm eating, and then I'm you... feeding Steve. Oh, you're not eating yet, but I I, I will give you that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm setting a scene. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, and you get to do that. Um, so, yeah, it's just all yams, but he's also prepared a stew. He kind of brings you into the dining room they've got. And there used to be a full fireplace where it looks like there was stuff that would be cooked. And it's kind of caved in a little bit. So... The windows had be- have been smashed open just a tiny bit to let the smoke out, um, because it doesn't all go out the fireplace. And oh. over this is a giant pot, and it's got a stew in it. It's very thick looking, but there's some carrots, there's some meat, there's some yams in it. Um, and he's of course got roasted yams um, that have been kind of sitting on top of the fire on top of a little, like, oven. And he says, um, brings you in, he says, we normally make a lot in one sitting. You guys, uh, came in at the right time, because this stew, it'll last us for days. <laughs> Thought with Bramble here. Yeah, I'm allergic to yams, so I'm just gonna give this to her. Thank and then you, he slides dips. it over. Okay. Oh. Well? What, what did you say was in the stew again? There are yams in the stew, I'm afraid. Motherfucker! And then she... She slams her water on the table. Did she have a water? Like, oh, I saw. I see you helped yourself to the bottled water. Does, uh, does Violet have a I-need-to-talk-to-your-manager haircut? <laughs> no, she has a dope side mullet that's like an ombre from orange to, like, red. Um, now, real quick, the- Blake. Yes. Are there any... Is there any other thing other than yams? I think you answered this. Is there anything else other than yams in the stew? There is I there is a little bit of um something frying on the oven. Okay. Um and it's fat it, back. It's fat back, baby. Mm. It does look like a very thick cut like maybe bacon or some type of pork sausage. Don't have to tell me twice and then I just start eating it off of the oven. Alright, I'm gonna have to ask you to roll an endurance saving um, constitution, that's it. Constitution saving throw. Uh, you are eating piping hot food, Fucking so this is... 20! 
<laughs> Sweaty baby. Okay. Can you can you confirm? I need. Please, please confirm that Nat Twenty. Where is it? Mm. Yep. <laughs> um. All right. It's still really hot. You don't hurt yourself, but you also, like, it's gonna keep you from talking for a little bit. Damn it! That's the perfect opportunity for me to use the bathroom! There we go. Um, (laughs) So, for the rest of it, though, um, he motions for you to sit. He says, um, would you like something to drink? We got some uh, water, and more water, and then grog. Which is just water with a little bit of liquor in it. I'll take that. Alrighty. And he just fixes up <laughs> a... Even um, I would like water. Okay, he fixes up a tap for you guys. Um, Bardock is kind of stirring the stew. Um, and y'all are just kind of chilling. Having a good time. Um, they, kind of, they set out kind of um, all the food. Except for the food that... Um, that Viola tried to grab, because you got a couple of sausages. And I think that when you grab those sausages, um, Randall's like, yeah, help yourself. I mean, I do the same thing. Don't eat them all, because that's for, that's for me and Bardock, too. Because we kind of like, like the meats, the sweet meats, as it were. Um, so you're kind of sitting here, you're enjoying your meal. And he kind of mentions... So, uh, I normally do this as kind of a more, I guess I'll say selective process, but as you might could have possibly seen, we've just moved into some new accommodations, and money's a little bit tight, and we don't have as many recruits as I thought we'd have by now, so, uh, how about we just kind of skip through all the pleasantries of the process, and I'll just ask you what you can do that makes you think that you could do certain contracts that a guild or a bounty hunting service might find themselves contracted to. I cast Charm Person. Okay. And then what does I Charm start, Person is do? Is my mouth better? Um, it's still a little toasty, but sure. And then I strut over, waving my hips, and I say... Well, big boy, let me show you this. And then I pull out the violin and I just start fucking getting it. And then from the tip of the uh, violin, Thunder Wave is casting out to show that I'm also able to attack. While okay. Also, yeah. Um, so this is going to be, he's going to have to make a wisdom saving throw. Yes. Um, and you att- wait, wait, you attacked him. No, no. While playing violin. No, the thunder wave is just shooting off in a random direction. It's like hitting the wall or something. Um, let me check thunder wave because I f- I know that spell like I do. That's not the effect that's gonna happen. <laughs> tell me he tell me he he missed like he does it on like an upturn and then he sets the chandelier above us on fire. So you know that this, if you cast this spell. It will create a thunderous shake in a 15-foot cube originating from where you are. <laughs> so wait. 15 feet above you is the rickety mansion. So you're saying don't do it. I'm not saying He's... don't do it. 
But I'm he's just... giving you enough information that you should know better. Um, okay, no, no, no. I... I do the... I just play the violin very well for him, then. Okay. You still charming him? Yes, charm with charm person. Okay. Let's see. Alright, you might get it. Because, hold on, he is not a wisdom boy. Alright, what did you... What's your spell casting? That's a plus two, so a ten, and then plus my proficiency bonus, which is plus two, so fourteen. Fourteen? Um... Randall got a 14, too. So I think attacker always takes it, though, doesn't it? The attacker takes it, yeah. So you yes! charm him. <laughs> it's like he stares and is like, I'll allow it. So, he's... You don't notice any kind of difference in him at the moment. Right. What, what are you trying to talk to him about? Me? Yeah, why, why are you charming him? Because I'm showing him my fucking skills, and it's mostly just because I'm like, if he's charmed, I don't have to show him how shit I am as an adventurer. He'll just like me because I'm charming him. Alright, so you do that, and you start playing your violin, mm -hmm. and um, he's like, alright, I can get into this. Yeah, keep those jams coming. Alright. Uh, I could I get my hurdy-gurdy out, and we could go, we could make some real music. You know it, man. Go get it. Live jam session. And I keep playing it quietly in the background while the rest of them right. keep going. He um, he says, all right, give me that in a minute. And I will say that um, because he is currently charmed, anyone else can probably get away with doing whatever they need to do as well. Mm -hmm. But cool. the next person, I do want to see what Tavis wants to do. What you, you that I want to yeet a tuber and then shoot it out of the air? <laughs> yep. So you've got your long bow on you. Yeah. Um. You pick up this tuber and you toss it across the room. Make an attack roll. Fourteen. All right. So for you, an attack roll with your long bow. That is a dexterity based weapon. So. No, I added the five in there. Okay, you have a five in there. Um, yeah, I'll say you hit it. I mean, how low is that? How high is the AC for a tuber? <laughs> I've got a seven, I've got a 17 and I'm a seven and a half foot tall, like basic giant thing. And I will say though that AC takes in a lot more than just how armored something is. Um, I know the, dexterity's in there too, but I don't yeah. know how dexterous you think potatoes are. <laughs> it's just very tiny. It's very, you're hitting a very small target. That's all I'm saying, but you still hit it, and you hit it yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and, and like, then I do the classic, like, palms up. <laughs> you know, just, the, the, uh, the gymnast, the gymnast, like, uh, <laughs> bow there at the end of the, I give one of those. All right. The, and then they go sit down next to Steve. Do you do you go back to your full height when you do it? Because the longbow itself is about six feet long. Yeah. No, that's the that's the thing. It doesn't look like I should be able to do it, but it just makes it look more impressive. <laughs> you just kind of do you, do you just sidebow? <laughs> I it? hold it. No, no, no. I hold it like this, <laughs> and then like full back. <laughs> nice. Um. All right. Cool. Uh. I would give anything for this disguise self to last the entire campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And then yeah. the last game is when it just all of a sudden wears off, and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Quill, um, you're next. Let's see. So Randall's still charmed. Okay. Well, where is the tuber at this time? Um, as he shot it through with an arrow, it actually kind of impacted onto the wall. And Randall's reaction, he just loves it. He's like, now that, I could use that any day. You. I like you. I like you a lot. You and your horse, you are good people. Steve appreciates that, Pat Steve. Also, I need to go get my arrow back. <laughs> you get your arrow back. Okay. Oh, so the potato's not on the wall anymore. The potato has now fallen to the ground. Oh. <laughs> uh, hmm. Could we retcon it? Because I really want to see what the fuck this dude's about to do to a potato. <laughs> I do want to see. I'll say, you you will get your arrow back. Like, don't worry about that, um, Dylan. It, yeah, let's, just leave it, let's just leave it there for right now. Okay. All right, fine. Well, so I guess first thing I'll do is I'll say to Randall, well, I am a master of stealth. And then I have two daggers. And I'm going to throw each of them in quick succession at the potato, and they will hit the potato. Nice. <laughs> okay. Make a ranged attack roll. Okay. I thought you were just pulling ones. some Jedi bullshit. <laughs> they will hit the potato. <laughs> Is, no, you say that to Randall. He's like, they will hit the potato. And then Let's you don't have here. to do it. <laughs> You're right. They okay. will hit the potato. Okay. So that's a that's a twenty after modification. And yep, you actually slice the um, potato above and below where the arrow has hit. Okay. Or that's just like where the daggers land in, and it okay. just bisects the potato, and everything just kind of falls to the ground. Okay. That's uh that's what I was going for roughly. So okay, cool. You do it! Look at you guys with your high rolls. Um, Bramble, you're kind of... <laughs> Bramble's sitting You're, you're like, still hey. chilling. You're, I guess you've, you've been <laughs> chowing like you, like you want. Okay. I have a plan A, but it may not work out, so I have a plan B. Um, I just have to ask, is anybody in here injured? My mouth hurts. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. My ears hurt from having to listen to her. I don't think I can do anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no no wounds, no nothing. Bardock uh, kind of comes up and he says, I was doing some repairs on the house earlier today. Smashed my thumb with a hammer. Ugh. Is there anything <laughs> you think you could do with that? Yeah. Um, hold on. I still think she should have healed my mouth, if you know what I'm saying, boys. <laughs> Ba okay. Bardock gets it. I know this guy fucks. His son is Goku. Oh, Jesus. Yep. <laughs> I was gonna do cure wounds, but I'm very tempted to do the, do the other thing mm -hmm. on Viola just to get her to shut up for a while. <laughs> do it. <laughs> okay. Hey, you can do you have both. My full and un you, have, you have Steve and I's full and unwavering support. Um, as long as you have the spell slots for it. 
I have the spell slots to do both, but then I'll have to take a long rest. <laughs> uh, we'll have a long rest. Salty Frank in the chat says, can you heal the potato back to not being sliced apart? Oh, I didn't know Frank was in here. Hey, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, you know what? I'll do both. I'll, I will cure your smashed thumb with uh, cure wounds. And then when I'm done doing that, I will go knock Viola over with a thunder wave. <laughs> you know that's like a big move. I couldn't do it earlier. <laughs> yeah, you were trying not to hit anybody, though. She doesn't really give a shit about you. It's like 15 feet. This room's barely 15 feet. We can go outside. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, and for my next trick, I need to go outside. Thunder slaps Viola. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dip. Okay. Mm. If you choose to do this, I need you to know I'm gonna cast it back, and then we're gonna have like this DBZ fucking power battle back and forth. Oh my god! Oh my god! Can we have a thunder bitch fight? <laughs> Please. Um, I'm gonna say you're having a version of this conversation in character, and Randall is so like excited. He's like. <laughs> I have not been able to have this much fun in weeks. Come on, let's go out back. Hey everybody, it's Scotty Moore, your adventure boy your lesbian violin princess, and your best friend. Thank you for listening to this, our special D&D episode of A Load of BS. And I wanted to get all the plugs out of the way in the middle of the show. Sorry, it's going a little bit long. I didn't realize how long a D&D campaign is. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to get the merch plugs out of the way. That way the ending can just kind of end on a cool D&D ending thing i don't know anyways i just want to remind you guys that if you are enjoying the show and want to support us you can by picking up some merch at merch.aloadofpurebs.com we've got a lot of cool wait a minute hold on i'm i'm on the merch site right now and the podcast illuminati has put a shirt how did they put a shirt on our website Okay, apparently you can get the Join the Podcast Illuminati shirt, and then, of course, shirts for a load of BS, the far superior podcast, over at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Or, of course, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash BS. You get access to our exclusive Discord. Me and Blake are thinking about doing, like, monthly hangouts with all of our patrons on, like, Google Hangouts or something. We're not sure how we're going to do it yet. And then, of course, you get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week, like the Patreon Saint Deborah Moore, like Scott Moore, like Miss Jenny Side. Uh, you can get supported just like them over at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Also, I'd like to talk to you about Audible. That's right. Audible.com is the website where you can get access to over hundreds of thousands of audiobooks delivered straight to your phone. I've got books on there. We've got Quiesel Corp, Quiesel Corp Risen, BS versus the Gods. Should be up there now, if not already. I had to do a bunch of jump through a bunch of hoops and re-edit a lot of things to get it up there, but it is finally up there over on uh, Audible, and if you want a free 30-day trial, you can get it at audibletrial.com slash b 
S Network. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You get a free 30-day trial. It supports us. You get something for free. It's a win-win over at audibletrial.com slash BS Network. Also remember to check out all the other BS Network programs online like Fight Boys, like uh, Opposite Attractions, like Fun Fiction. They're all available to you over there at a load of pure BS dot com. That's it. Uh, I know we're actually kind of having to end the show on not even a cliffhanger, kind of in media res is how we're ending it just because of how long it went. But if you guys do want the D&D adventure to continue, we're contemplating doing like a bi-weekly Twitch stream thing with it. So if that's something you'd like, let let us know. Tweet us at a load of pure BS uh, on Twitter. Let us know if you want this adventure to keep going. If you want to keep hearing the stories of Bramble, Quill, uh, Viola, and... I, I just want to call him Steve. I know the horse is Steve, but yeah. So make sure to uh, make sure to let us know if you guys want this to continue. All right, and I guess it's time to get back into the adventure and for me to kick my girlfriend's ass in a sick thunder wave off. I want to see some magic, damn it. I love magic. Okay, we're going out back. Okay. We're going to Outback. Going to Outback. What am I going to need to roll? What, what would we do? Spell? Would it be rolling a d20? Would it just be a... What kind of... So, 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 so Thunder Wave. <clears throat> Each creature in a 15-foot cube originating from you, in front of you, must make a constitution save. On a failure, that creature takes 2d8 thunder damage and is pushed 10 feet away. Okay. So, you both have to make constitution saves against each other's spellcasting, like, your, uh, your spell save difficulty class, which is 8 plus proficiency plus, um, so it'll cool. be charisma for Scotty, and I need to look up what it is for Druid. Alright, okay, I was thinking we would do, like, an, a legit, like, twenty ver- D20 versus D20 power battle, and whoever had the most power coming into it. Oh no! This is just the um. This is just for the uh, for the numbers. Oh, okay. we'll get into what happens when you do this. <laughs> okay. All right. What does um, uh, Emily add? Emily, you add your proficiency bonus and your wisdom modifier. So eight plus those two. <laughs> I got twelve. Not twenty, baby. Oh no. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. So you um you save and what is your uh constitution um modifier um Emily? 2 plus 2. Plus 2. So you actually get a 14 since it's a constitution throw and you roll the 12. Yay. So you both save, which is good. Because get out. do I get anything cool for the nat 20 though? Cuz it was a nat 20. Blake, did you hear the words nat 20? I did hear the words nat 20. Yeah, you you reach into your pack, pull out some baby powder, <laughs> lather that on, and then just pop. I mean, real. let's just assume that the thunder wave gets some collateral damage, you know. No, yep. we attack everyone else. We slowly turn our waves. Yeah. You, so uh, you, you guys you guys you guys slap each other so hard that there's like jiggle physics all over the place and then just Bardock and Bardock the other guy are just like yes. <laughs> um so I'll roll the damage for both of you guys, which okay. is just two D eight. Which I roll so I rolled a fourteen, so um 
That means that you both take seven. Okay. <laughs> you piece of shit. Well, don't worry. We'll 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 deal with this because. Um, hey! No, no, no! I, I sit up and I look across at Viola, or I look across at Bramble. And I'm like, hey, we can really use that fucking heal now. <laughs> um, as you both get to do this, as you kind of do with just, your thunder waves. I'm just waves, over here stroking Steve. Um, because like yeah, you're all kind of sitting out there. Randall's just real fucking into this because I don't think he understands that. At your level one, and this could k- actually kill you. Yeah. Um, so, Bardog comes in and he's like, Or, uh, you all sure this is a good idea? Not at all. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, carry on then. And he just ha- gets a couple of, like, um, a cup, and he's got, like, a couple of vials on hand. He's like, I was hoping not to use these, but all right. <laughs> and he just has them ready. Okay. So what happens is you both slap this thunder wave at the same time, basically. And for everyone just, watching... Just right on the tits. Just like opposite tits. <laughs> yeah, you see the air in front of both of these two distort into a massive cube. And... It's almost like for a split second, everything in front of them is just reverberating. And you see, this happens probably in less than two seconds. The force of these cubes come together as if they are trying to push past one another. And the vibrations in this one cube as these forces merge create like creates almost what looks like a singularity of air that... Where, where all sound just starts to disappear and war, war, warps and it explodes in every direction. Um, nobody takes any damage from it because the force is okay. so dissipated. Good, because I would have But it does hit. knock yeah. both of you back ten feet. Oh no, not ten feet! <laughs> um... And uh, everybody else kind of in the audience, you are shaken and knocked probably, for the most part, off your feet, except for, um, I will say, uh, Randall and Tavis, who are both pretty dense boys. Wait, so the horse got blasted back, but the fucking midget stayed on his feet? Yeah, but the horse has got those tiny, like, the horse has got horrible leg-to-body ratio. Okay. Hold on! I just see him shooting in the air and the legs shooting all across. Across. He actually can I, just can, like, I, can I hold can I hold Steve to help him not fly? Yes, you can. Okay. He doesn't get knocked back. I would uh, if I need to if I need to dissipate disguise self to hold Steve, that's okay. It's yeah. okay. You don't. Um Whoa, and... Steve. He, he just gets kind of shaken, really. That's yeah. the worst that happens to him. And that's how you kind of prove both of your worth. Yay! By exploding at each other. And Randall... Also, he, you have this weird ringing in your ears. Yeah. Everybody's got ringing in their ears. What? Mop. 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 Um, Randall, so he looks around as uh, people are trying to get back up, and he says, Well, I think y'all got what it takes. Sounds good. Let's go back to dinner. I'm still pretty hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, Bramble's the first one back inside. 
<laughs> so the uh, the passage of time kind of happens right now. Um, you're probably not back in there for about five minutes, maybe, until there's another knock on the door. Um, and this is a heavy, like, quick succession of loud raps um, at the front of the house. And um, Randall and Bardock look at each other, and they're... Bardock says, Well, we had more visitors tonight than in the last three months combined. It's like, I know, it's great, isn't it? Go get him a bowl. I'll go answer it. Okay, look, I'm already splitting this bounty... Three, four fucking ways. I'm not going to abide another person coming in. Um, I, I really don't think it's your call. Look here, you've got to split yours with the horse, okay? Now... I just look at you like you're stupid. <laughs> but he is a horse. He doesn't use human money. <laughs> That's why I'm looking at him while he, like he's stupid. Oh, <laughs> uh, um... You hear Randall go and open the door, and he, um, his voice, which carries through space and fucking time, because he's a mountain, um, comes out, he's like, Balter! Hadn't seen you in a while, what's got you all the way out here? Um, he says, come on in, come on in! Did you just, I'm sorry, Michael, did you look at me? I mean, I did, but... Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Um, nah, nah, he's just trying to pat... His character's just trying to pat his fur back down. <laughs> it got a little blown back. Um, and uh, after a few more seconds, um, Randall comes in with a, um, a gentleman. He's a human man with a cloak and a... Um, a kind of a dark green hood he's in. Would you say he's a man-man? A man-man. Man-man. Yep. Flying at the speed of man. 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 Um, yeah, he's just a man-man. Okay. Um, but anyway, he's kind of classed in this... Um, it almost looks like a uniform. Uh, it's kind of made of a very thick leather kind of like scales um, in a dark green and brown coloring. He's got this hood around him and he's got a bow strapped to his back. And um, so Randall introduces um, everybody, I'd like you to meet uh, Baltar Mead. He's a lieutenant of the town guards. Uh, well, technically of the, uh, the Red Hawk Rangers. They kind of handle any guard work kind of outside the city walls. They do uh, specialty stuff like that. What's poppin', Green Arrow? Oh, yeah, haven't got that one before. Good, good on you. No, it's Hi. good, it's good. How about you? I'm Travis. This is Steve. And I think like all the others, he has the same quizzical reaction to the fact that there is a horse sitting at the dinner table. Um, I feed ho- I feed Steve some some yams. <laughs> he um, it, it looks like he's almost going to open his mouth to question it, but then he looks back at Randall, mm-hmm. and he looks at Bardock, and he sh- and then he kind of nods and he's like, 
No, this is this is about this is on this is on tap with them. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I I want to know who else they know that that a midget with a horse at a dinner table is just like par for the course. Um, <laughs> you you should see Randall's on a mm. on a bumping night. <laughs> yep. Um, but no, he says uh, little people lined up around the block. Yep. Well, well, I'm uh. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt anything uh, with you, Randall. I, I actually came in to talk some business. Um, something has happened in town recently, and... Well, it's all a strange strange circumstance that's not really... Not really being looked at by the rest of the guards, and I don't have jurisdiction, so... Thought I'd ask you if you wanted to take a look in on it. And uh, Randall says, well... You know... Everything uh, he kind of kind of asked me for. It's a fee. I could give you a friend price, but uh, still, uh, you got you got to fill me in on the details. And he kind of looks out at the table. He looks back at Randall, and he's like, "Uh, can uh, can we speak uh, privately about this? I'm sorry. I just I don't know anyone in here, and I don't want any sensitive information getting out." Um, and Randall's like, "No, you're fine. These are welcome." Meet the freshest batch of graduates from the Randall Bright School of Bounty Hunting. We just had initiation out back. I fucked this chick up. Hit her straight with a thunderbolt. It was amazing. You should have seen it. Bramble is staring daggers. Shh, it's okay. I'll feed you yams later. You better. Anyways. Seductively. Uh, like, Like, it's like grapes. But it's yams. It's yams. It's actually a giant mutated monster yam. You figured it out. Um, and after a few seconds, he kind of considers it, and he says, uh, so you mean they're going to be the ones that are working this? And Randall's like, well, probably. I I didn't want it to get out, but Lowell Leg's not been doing as well as it has been, so I've been kind of laid up here for a while just doing small stuff. You know how it is. Getting old. Hell yeah. Horrible, isn't it? Um. He. So, Baltar, this uh, town guard, he. kind of takes a seat and he kind of collects himself and he thinks for a moment while I pull up the actual thing that I've written down. Um. And. He starts to tell you. Well, uh, it seems like sometime last night there was a a murder committed within the town walls. A very strange murder. At least, uh, four people were killed, um, one is missing, and, uh, it led to a fire that almost burnt down an entire city block. Um, and the strangest thing is we thought that we had the perpetrator. My men and I, we were tracking them through the woods as they were running towards the mountains, and then they just disappeared. Um, I don't know if you know much about my guardsmen, or the rangers in Red Hawk, but, uh, people don't just disappear in these woods. We'll, we find them. We have a very good track record for, uh, detaining individuals that try to run into these woods, and this person... 
just disappeared. And, uh, well, my men, we aren't able to look at the crime scene because, uh, a little bit of politics in the, uh, internal workings of the guards in town, you probably don't want to know about all of that, but suffice it to say, I don't have jurisdiction within the walls. And I don't want my investigation of trying to find this person to be somewhat, uh, of a failure. If you understand what I'm meaning. But I have nothing to go off of. And, uh, any questions at this moment? He kind of pauses for a second. So they just disappeared. They're gone. Nutso, bobutso, completely eradicated from existence. Into thin air. It's like they just fell into the snow and never got out. Although we know that. It's ghosts. Trust me, I am an expert. I've defeated them in the past. I've bust. You could call me a bit of a ghost buster. Um, does, I can uh, take on. Does busting make I, you feel good? It makes me feel very good to bust on a ghost. And in my opinion, I think I think we're the men and women for the job. <laughs> uh well. I don't claim to be an expert on this, but if you, uh, if you think you can take it, then I can give you all the details. This also may require a little bit of, uh, bending of the rules, um, as I would put it, because, uh, the crime scene itself has been locked down with a guard posted at it, and if myself or one of my men were to come in and actually try to investigate the scene, well, we'd be found out pretty quickly. The, uh... The guard community is pretty, uh, pretty clicky in this city. It's alright, I'm chaotic neutral. Bending the rules what I do, baby. Alright. Um, so, uh, let me give you all the details that I know. Uh, sometime at a cabin in a series, it's a little, uh, what's it? It's like a hotel, but it's, like, separate, like, buildings for each room. Ah, uh, fuck. Condos. Yes, there are condos in this medieval-style town. Medieval condos. It's fantasy condos. All right. Um, yes, at the, uh... At the, uh... At the Birdshade Condominiums, actually. It's a... Okay. <laughs> At the medieval timeshare. The medieval. T- <laughs> oh, you don't! I didn't yeah. know you could you just win go, Dungeons You can and go Dragons. to Pokemon Medieval VRBO. <laughs> medieval. <laughs> yes, the it's the ye old B and B. Um. Anyway, at these um, what did you call it, Dylan? The medieval timeshare. At the uh, the local medieval timeshare. Uh, apparently five people booked a room, and, uh, they'd been staying there for about a week, but it turns out that, uh, sometime last night, there was a small commotion heard out in the streets, which is pretty normal for this time of the year, but then there was a massive flash that came from inside that particular building. And this flash was apparently accompanied by 
sounds of a skirmish, and, uh, all we know is that several guards reported an individual running out of the building into the streets. They were unable to catch this individual, and they ran out of the city's western gate. Um, or at least they ran in that general direction. Uh, from then on, my men, we were sent and tasked to try to find this person. We found several sets of tracks that looked like they'd be, uh, how should I say, uh, they'd, they'd be a good lead, but we eventually couldn't find anything. And no physical identifier on this person, just some dude waltzing out? Mm-hmm. Like I said, if it was one of my men, we probably could, probably could have gotten a better ID on the perp, but you pay what you get for, uh, in, you get what you pay for in the city. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know all that, you know. I'm kind of famous. Anyways, all right. Okay. Um, so, let's see. We, uh, we also don't know much about these people, and as far as I know, the, uh, bodies themselves, they were taken to the local, uh, hospital. Uh, it has a small morgue. It's got, uh, it's normally where we store the dead until we can burn or bury them this time of year. And, uh, that's about it. As far as I know, there have been no details released from the crime scene itself, uh, I don't even think the lieutenant on duty in that part of the city is uh, actively even investigating. They just have someone posted to guard the wreckage. So what? what's our job? Get in, invade a crime scene, desiccate a body, what is it? Well, the bodies aren't there. I'm, I was just telling, I don't know why I told you where the bodies were. It's almost like a... It's something that, uh, small that you could go off of for something later, or not, actually. Um, but uh, that's all that I know. The Everyone only thing I know is... clip that! On Twitch, clip that so I'll remember it later. Thanks! But uh, that's all that I know. The bodies were taken. Uh, I haven't heard any news of evidence found. And I'm asking you, Randall, because you and your people can go further out from the city limits than we can... And, um, I just need somebody who could possibly find this perpetrator and bring them to justice. Let's do it, Magooit. Ah, good enough for me. What's the price? Well, uh, anyone else got anything to say before I start negotiating? Will there be free food? Can Steve come? Actually, that's not really a question. Steve's coming. I just wanted you to know. <laughs> yeah, makes sense to me. Gotta bring your horse along. Um, and uh, now I'll make you a deal. Part of uh, what it means to be a bride's bounty general contractor is uh, that as long as you are under contract to work with me on bounties and other contracts, you get free room and board here at the mansion. I'm in. And food. I'll, I'll feed you. I got plenty of food. Yes, thank Yams you. Yams ahoy! It's, it's yiggity yam city up in here, bitch! Viola just glares. Please, God, eat the yams! Yam soup city, bitch! <laughs> yam soup city. Um, 
And uh, Baltark pipes up and he says, um, Well, we have a little bit of a discretionary fund that we use um, in... And Salty Frank clipped that for you, Scotty, so... <laughs> uh, but uh, we have a bit of a discretionary fund. I can offer your corporation, your company, your... What? What is it you run here, Randall? I just kind of thought you lived here and threw parties. I, it's a trying to get kind of a guild thing going on here. You don't have to tell them about any of the ragers or anything. I mean, y'all are all invited, of course. It's just it's a different. It's a different thing altogether. Um, but anyway, we're prepared to offer two thousand five hundred gold pieces. To Bright's Bounties. Okay. And, um... I assume that's a decent amount of money. Yes. Uh, silver... Think about it this way. In terms of, like, general... Uh, what's Oh, no, the no, word? I meant, like... I meant, like, my character forgot how much money is. Oh, that's fair, too. Um, but I prefer general, though. Like, the way money conversions work is a silver piece is worth what would be a dollar, to us. Sick. So a hundred silver pieces, like... That's five hundred gold pieces for each one of you, and five hundred for Randall. Because that's what Randall proposes. So you're damn right it's a lot of money, big man. Let's do it! Alright, um... Once again, I think that's... Whatever this is, I kind of... You don't get where I am in the guards, uh... Not following your nose on certain things like this, and... My nose is telling me that something something bad is breaking uh, in town. Um, you don't see something magical like this happening every day, and a giant flash of light in the middle of night is not something you don't investigate, but that's just me, apparently. Um, and he says, uh, anything else you'd like to know? Where should we start the investigation? Oh, boy. I really went in here on this one, didn't I? Already agreed to the prize and everything. Oof. Owie. Ouch. Oh. He, um, has a quick rundown. He did tell you where the people were murdered. Um, he did tell you that the bodies were drug off somewhere. And he told you that the person who ran just ran into the woods down the road, and disappeared. Right, but where do we go? What, I... You know, I propose, since I'm a master of tracking mm -hmm. and stealth and all of that, let's go... Master of friendship and karate. <laughs> um, he also says, I would suggest you at least try to check the crime scene out. I know you would probably have to get past the guards, but that would yes. probably be where I started. That I, I agree with that. Also, this is one of the things that I'm asking you specifically to do because my men and I can't actively investigate this crime scene. So uh, I'm going to go with Steve to the crime scene. Can we sleep first? 
It is getting pretty. Is it? It's pretty late at this point. It's probably about ten in the p.m. Fine. Okay. I'm gonna go sleep with Steve on that couch. Well, I'm gonna take Steve out to do his business before we go inside, and then we're gonna go sleep on that couch. I do like that. The one thing about ha- you being able to talk to animals is for them to be like, "Oop, it's time, buddy. You gotta get me outside." Yeah. It's piss time. Ooh. Uh, I go to bed in the most luxurious bedroom they have, and if anyone attests that it's actually their bedroom, I shut the door in their face and lock it. Okay. Do you go upstairs or downstairs? Um, upstairs. Okay. Um, upstairs. There are five doors down a corridor. Two on the left side, three on the right side. Everyone pick a door. I pick the very end. Whatever's at the very end. Because Randall um, actually sleeps on the ground floor. Okay. Uh, I, as I said, I'm going to sleep on that couch with Steve. Okay. Good. Steve f- doesn't like stairs. What door did you pick, uh, Michael? Uh, well, are the, so there's two on the left and three on the right? Yes. Are they kind of staggered? You know? Yes. Okay. So I picked the very last one on the right. All right, you go into that one, and you pick a, um, it looks like a a decent-sized bedroom. Um, It has two, um, like, queen-sized beds in it. For you, and a potential lady friend of your choice at a later date. Get to sleep in separate beds. Well, no, 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 you... There's one that's just for fucking, and then you sleep in the other one that doesn't have the mess on it. Come on. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> what are you doing to make a mess? What? What are you doing that's making... Never mind. I'll show you later. Where are you sleeping, Bramble? <laughs> well, yeah, you guys can pick your doors as well. Because he okay. points you... Randall is kind of pointing in that general direction where all the open bedrooms are. Okay, here's what Bramble's going to do. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to cast Talk to Animals, tell the horse goodnight, and then find the first open door and go to bed. Okay, you tell the horse goodnight, and um, Tavis can understand this too, since he can understand um, animal, I guess. (laughs) Um, But uh, the horse is like, oh, you understand me too. That's wonderful. We can all be friends, can't we? Can we all be friends? He's talking to, as he like looks at you, Tat, to this. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I take the bedroom immediately next to the one that she just took. That who just? That uh, uh Spag and Bramble just took. <laughs> okay, which one did you open? I'm sorry, Bramble. I Literally just, the first one. She yeah, saw. just the first open, the first available bedroom. I, I didn't want to walk far. So yeah, that's the first door on the right. Um, it is a small bedroom with um, a bunk bed. Cool. I call top bunk, even though I'm in here by myself. That's fair. <laughs> Think again, uh, sweetheart, and then I stroll in. No, I have locked the door. I just want- <laughs> I've used up all my spell slots for the day. I shouldn't have used that spell to tell the horse good night. Right. <laughs> Steve appreciated it. Yep, he he really appreciated it. 
No, I've I've just been joking. She enjoys her nighttime alone, so she goes into the bedroom right next. Actually, hold on. Is that the side that has three doors? Yes. She goes. She goes all the way to the end. Then, um, Quill is already in that bedroom, sleeping in one uh, of the two goes queen to the beds. Exact opposite left side, because she actually at nighttime get becomes very introspective and sad. Oh, um, you actually. That's actually. It's um a small bedroom, um, but it's got a very large window, and it's got one of the few like open balconies okay. that you can step out onto. I um I go into the bathroom. I assume there's a bathroom. Oh no! Oh, it's not a hotel. I just forgot. okay. So I, I get out my makeup. I kit. go into the I go into the bathroom and uh, just upper decker the shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a there is a bit there is like a little um. Not a wardrobe, but like a dresser that's got a mirror on it. Okay. Uh, she walks up to the mirror, and she's got, like, makeup like Paul Stanley of Kiss, where she's got, like, a star. She wipes the star away to, like, because she doesn't want to sleep in her makeup, wipes it all off, and it shows, like, a big scar on her eye from where she was attacked in a bar fight. And she gets really sad and, like, touches it and then walks out onto the balcony and looks off into the night. Alright, um, there's a beautiful, the moon is over the, uh, sea, and, um, from the way that it is, it looks like there are two moons, and then you hear the Star Wars music playing. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 I pull out the violin. <laughs> you start playing the Star Wars music. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And, um, okay, Bramble gets, like, the nearest broom handle and starts, like, banging on the wall. Like, no, hey. I'm on the other side. You wouldn't be able to hear me. Okay, no one good. can hear me. Good. <laughs> In this castle, no one can hear you murder music. <laughs> so can you not? Um, I will say... We're sleeping! Um, I'm having an emotional moment! Morning! <laughs> um, so, Dylan... The one thing that happens, though, is that as you sleep, your disguised self um, wears off. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Just like the man oh. whose feet are too big for his bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was in those yams? That's the first thing Bramble says when we come down in the morning. Well, yeah, who wakes up first? Bramble. Because breakfast. Don't look at me. Oh, no, I have, to take, I have to take Steve out to pee. Yeah, Steve does wake you up when he needs to pee. Yeah, so I'm I'm up first, and then I recast disguise self. Yeah, so you probably except no 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 except I'm except instead of being four and a half foot tall, I'm now five feet tall. (laughs) It's enough for Bramble to notice, and she's freaking out. No, you roll a uh, roll an investigation check, or wouldn't it be perception? A perception, either one. They use the same thing. Yeah, it'd be a plus three for wisdom. So an eleven. Yeah. Um, you don't notice that he's taller. Oh. Oh, man. Um, I wake up at, like, eight, but I no one knows I've been in my room, uh, doing tantric yoga, just trying to keep my body fit, and then heavily applying makeup. I'll I say want you that- to, I want you to, I want you to know, uh, that you hear a sound outside your window, and it's the sound of Steve violently shitting yams. <laughs> Just she, did he eat whole yams? Does he not digest? <laughs> I don't think yams are good for horses. Steve didn't know that. He hadn't tried them before. <laughs> We're gonna get him some grass. Horse yoga. Steve does horse yoga. Um, I had to look up to make sure that yams weren't poisonous to cats. 
Um, so I'll say that, yeah, um, you woke up at about 6 to take Steve out. Um, Bramble comes down at about 7. Um, Viola, you're up at about 8. Um, Quill, what are you doing? I am in my bedroom, or the bedroom that, uh, I selected. Mm -hmm. It's not mine. Going to sleep. It's in the morning, though. What time do you wake up? <laughs> no, he's sleeping in the morning. <laughs> he's sleep. Well, that is true. He finds a sunbeam, and he takes a nap after he wakes up. Yeah. <sighs> you act like you've never owned a cat, Blake. Jesus. That's true. He was probably up all night. To get less yeah. Charging down dun, the dun, hallway dun. at 3 o'clock in the morning. What are you doing? <laughs> Chasing ping pong balls around the bathtub. Uh, what time in the morning is it? It's about 8 right now. Okay. I mean, it's the morning. You guys are all awake now. I'm sorry I drug this out to be way too fucking long. Um, is there anything that you guys... Um, Steve the Investigation Horse. We left after he was done eating his grass and taking his yam shits. Okay, so you, do you just leave by yourselves? Yeah. Yeah. I have a horse. I'm not that hard to find. Uh, I go down to the crime scene, following the scent of horse shit. Ah, then you get lost, because once, once you hit the main drag, it's everywhere. Yeah, I'm gonna, like... Let's expedite this process, though. Is there anything that you would like to do or talk to? Anyone you'd like to talk to in the room or in the mansion before you leave? No, I'm pretty eager to get to the crime scene. Okay, cool, cool. Once I eat, I'm gone. Yeah. You all kind of get there at the same time. Um, well, you get to kind of the general area of the crime scene because what you are met with is, um... A row of buildings that looks kind of pretty burnt out, like the tops of the buildings, for the most part, are burnt. A lot of walls are still standing, um, and it looks like it was localized kind of in the area around one of these single um, condos. Mm -hmm. um, and outside of that one, there are two town guards just kind of sitting like, they're, one is just, like, popped up on the steps into the burnt-out building, and the other one is kind of standing as much to attention as he wants to be. Okay. Now, uh, is Steve and, uh, Steve and friend already there past the guard, or? Oh, no, the, um, the guard, does anyone try to approach the guard? No. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Because you, you see this guard, and, um, I mean, you're there. You're all there. There's two guards. You're stood next to each other. What do you do? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, are they looking at us, or? They're do just I roll an of... investigation check? Sure. That's what I'm supposed to... I'm investigating things, right? Yeah, what do you want? We're not in the crime scene right now, right? We're outside yeah. of it. Your, okay, your challenge is get into the crime scene and pass the guards. Oh, okay. Uh, pardon okay. me, sir. Uh, my horse needs to go this direction. So you, you're going up to one of the guards. So the guard that's sitting on the stairs looks up, and they look at each other, and they're like, into the building? 
Yes, this is my friend Steve. He goes with me. We go into buildings. I think you best be moving along now, sir. I'm sorry. I'm uh, I'm will I'm willing to roll persuasion. Go for it. <laughs> um, I'm, let me think about a difficulty class for this first, though, because you are asking a man to go into a house with your horse. That is a like there is fantasy crime scene tape around this house. That's that's kind of what you're looking at right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And you're asking to go in it with your horse because your horse wants to go into the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Roll it. Uh, ten. He says, "Uh, again, move along, but move along, please." What's around the area? Is it just flat ground? Are there any hills? Mm, or is there's. There... You are in the middle of a city street. So at this point. This part of the city that you're in, it's just off the um, the wharf, the docks, um, and it's kind of a tightly packed series of streets that basically looks like it leads to uh, businesses or okay. homes or certain, like, this is where you s- see a lot of places that give boarding or shelter, so a lot of inns. These uh, little like condos, a uh, couple of taverns, things how like that. Far, how far am I from the docks? The docks—they're pretty far away. Okay. Um, they're probably about a f- couple hundred feet behind you. What's okay? Let's say um, if I were to lure someone somewhere, what's around me that I could lure them to? I have an idea. All right, could everyone pop into the drive for a second? Because I remember that I have a town map. Oh, okay. Because fuck me, why am I not using this? So, is there a definition of what kind of buildings there are? Um, you see what looks like a small, um, kind of, uh, fishing shop. You got bait, tackle supplies, things like that. Fishermen milling about around it. Okay. People bringing up their catch, um... To at the end of the street, it looks like it hasn't been harmed very much. There is what looks like an inn, and um, there are some people cavorting around there. Is there a fishing truck that brings in the catches? A truck? Hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cart. A cart. Um, roll a perception check. Okay. That or investigation, a- whichever that- one. That is a ten. Plus two, twelve. Twelve? Um, you see what looks like a cart kind of down the street. It's got some refuse, like some wood in it, like a bunch of burnt out stuff. Um, but it is out in the open. And, um. But not attached to like a horse or anything. It's not attached to anything, and it looks very full. Okay. So, here's what I'm gonna do. You don't wanna hear my idea? No, you can do your idea in a second. I need your help with my idea, though. Okay, okay, okay. Pitch your idea first, because otherwise I am going to... Can the horse help? Steve loves to help. Oh, He does. Okay, we're about to all work together here. Can you get Steve to be mounted onto that cart? Basically carrying and pulling that cart. Um, Steve's not super comfortable with being a beast of burden. No, no, it's not going to be for long. Steve's I fine. I don't want to be your Steve of burden. 
Um, okay, just here's just, my plan. Just for a little bit. I cast minor illusion. We put something that looks like a murder weapon inside the fish cart. Cop investigates it. We shove the cop in. Fucking Steve runs off with the cop. Now no more cop, there's only one. I cast Disguise Self, I make my, se- my way in as a guard. That's an idea, do you want to hear mine? Yes, okay, let's hear your pitch. Okay, so I'm thinking one of us could pretend to be like, in distress, you know, like hurt or something, and then another one of us could run up to the guard and be like, hey, we need help over here. And then that person is like, go, go, go over there and help. And then when the guard is over there helping that person, Wait, the rest there, of us sneak in. There are two guards, aren't there? Two guards. Two guards. Okay, maybe that won't work. Which is why the fish cart idea works. I disguise myself as the, the, the fish cop. Then I'm like, these people need to come in. Hold on, I should do the character voices. And then I'm like, these people need to come in. They're family of the murdered, and they want to see, you know, what went down. Does anyone have a better idea? No, just me, Mr. Fishboy. Uh, well, two more people. You guys got any thoughts? Because, well... Stealth Boy? Stealth Boy Robbins? Tall Man? I can get myself in, but I can't get all of us in there. Yeah, I could get myself in too. I've, I've got pretty good stealth. Let's see. Um, but if someone wants to be a distraction. Okay, fine. Okay. Um, thank you for your input, Salty Frank. I'm glad to know that trucks carts used to be called trucks. I pull I pull out my violin and I just start working it so hard in front of the two guards to hopefully try and distract them. Roll a performance check. Sorry, oh. what were you gonna do, Mike? And then I have Steve run down the street making a lot of noise. You said roll performance? Yes. Um hold on. Michael, what do you want to do too? The building that we're trying to get into is it two stories or it um is a single story building and the t- it looks like part of the roof has been burnt out okay because what you're on is a a row of what looks like these single buildings um down a small side street um the one with the guards in front of it is the most heavily burnt and the two next to it looks like they've gotten some smoke damage or some minor burn damage Okay, but they're all just, they're both just standing in front of the front door to this building. Yeah, they look like kind of cottages. Blake, how big is the fish cart? Um, I'll say about six feet long, five feet wide. Would it be enough to block the door? To block the door? Uh, how so? Pulling the cart in front of the door. Which door? The entrance. Isn't there an entrance to this crime scene we're trying to get into? I thought it was there a There is. Yeah. It's just like, there's the entrance, it's just the guards are in front of it. Yeah, I know. Can we get, hold on, this is more a question for uh, Tavis than anyone else. Can we get 
Steve to run over these two fuckers. And then any police who try to come, they gotta get through fish before they get to us. Are you trying to get my horse arrested? No, no one could control... He's just a horse. Wait, is 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 this road on an incline or is it a flat road? Um, the hill going um down towards the docks slopes downward. Right, is this on that hill? Yes. Okay, uh, so I'm going to have Steve bring the cart up to where they are. And I then can I'm distract light... them out into the road. If we can aim it, we can bowl it at them. Uh, that's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm. That's what There's I'm gonna. There's no do. evidence that it was any of our faults. I was entertaining them. You guys were just trying to get your fish. Here, you you do that, and then I'll let this card go. It'll be great. Okay. Okay. Uh, I I I rolled a twenty-one, by the way. Well, seventeen plus four performance for violin. All right. So with in a twenty-one, hope, in hopes you... to draw them out into the street. Yeah. You draw um, a fairly large crowd of people, though, that enjoy listening. Um, One of the guards looks like he stands up from um, kind of his position. And I'll say there's probably about 20 people gathered around you listening to you jam out. Now I feel bad about letting that cart fly, dude. Hold the cart! These are my fans! (laughs) Too bad. It's already gone. Is it already gone? Yep. Oh, no. Did you knock the cart down? As soon as the as soon as the guards got far enough out, I was like, worst case scenario, everybody flees. It'll be enough time. Steve, um, stay here. You see the cart coming um ahead of time though, Viola. Um, as it gets sent down uh, in into this crowd of people. It's it's still pretty far away. Okay. So as the cart's going down the hill, I'm just slowly walking towards the entrance. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm happy everyone enjoyed I'm also nonchalantly this. whistling. <laughs> happy everyone enjoyed this whole thing, but, um, there's Free a clapping. fucking... Ca- there's a Encore! Car Encore! Sw- Encore! No, yeah, there's play a Play another one! Play another song! Look one that the way! Oh, wait, hold on. No, 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 no. I run through the crowd, like, doing, like, a Mick Jagger joining them in celebration move, except I run out to face the cart to where when they turn to face me, they all see the cart coming. Okay, you see the cart coming, and it is bearing down on you. Um, these, the people start to disperse, but you are now in the cart's way. Make an athletics check to get out of the way. I was gonna cast Thunder Wave. Oh, that's fine. You could do that too. I cast thunder. My cabbages. My cabbages. You cast a thunder wave, and it stops the cart. It knocks it back, and debris flies like into the um, kind of into the building. Do I cook any of the fish? Does not cook any of the fish. This is thunder. Oh damn it! It is not lightning. Oh, okay, um, yeah. But, uh, so you've kind of knocked that back, and the people the people that have been gathered in this crowd that were dispersed, um, they're pretty, like, happy. Like, they come around to you, and then uh, you hear people like, Thanks for it. That was amazing. I've never seen someone do something like that. It's a big, like, boof and all that stuff. Yeah, that's right. I'm the one who saved you. I'm the one who protects this city now, not these two buffoons. And then I point at the guards. Vicious okay. mockery. I see what oh, you're shit. doing. Oh shit! I cast vicious mockery. 
Do you know what Vicious Mockery does? Yeah, it does psychic damage. You it also makes it so they roll with disadvantage on their next roll. If the target can hear you, it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or take 1d4 psychic damage and have disadvantage on the next attack roll. So yes, I know exactly what it does. This will be considered an attack on the guards. Fine, I just call them fucking idiots to their faces. That's fine. Actually, what you can do, though, is roll a persuasion. Okay. Shit, I'm really dyslexic. I was like, 21! No, 12 plus... 4, 16. So with a 16, a few people um, come in and they actually start complaining at the guards, too. Like... There's, they start to, uh, you know, uh, shit-talk them. They come up just like, yeah, where are you? What do we pay you for with our hard-earned tax money? What are you doing, boy? It's like, yeah, you, you two over here just sitting and playing with their pricks, just standing outside these buildings all day, and they're protecting me. They're go, not protecting go me at my all. children! Insult them! Upend the government! And then these fish two for are like, all! And then she starts tossing fish at people. Um, roll an... <laughs> I gotta kill someone with a fish! Roll an intimidation check with this one. Okay. 17 plus 4, 21. Alright, your continued mockery entices the crowd to a point where the two guards actually just start to beat a hasty retreat as this, like, small group of people accost them away. Now carry me in, children! Carry no, me! And then I they're jump gone. in there. <laughs> jump in their arms. And then there's no one there, and you knock yourself out. Okay, um, I've been doing good rolls. I will take that fall to the ground. From humans. Okay. You, you hit your butt. Okay. Um... And you, you you did the guards. Um, that works. Meanwhile, Quill has been in there for 30 minutes. <laughs> Bramble's been disguised as a potted plant. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, is that what you guys have been doing through all this? Yeah. <laughs> Tavis to just kind of walked inside. Because, like, as soon as all that started, the guards walked away and... Honestly, I brought Steve with me. Fair, fair enough. He's guarding um, the door. Once the guards okay. got away, you just see a ficus open its eyes like, okay, now it's time. Yeah, I want Jump you to in. know some old, like, senile dude just shit his pants seeing that. <laughs> yeah. um, and My petunias! <laughs> you said you were looking for a way in the building? Yeah, I, well, I got in the building. Yeah, because you, I'll say you found, like, a hole in the roof that you were able to climb into. That, yeah, like, so I just climbed up on top of one of the other buildings, like, in the row of houses down yeah. the way, and just kind of crossed over and jumped down through the roof. Fair enough. I will say that, um, so, what happens is, after you push this cart, uh, to this, you just calmly sh- stroll through through the door... You open it up, just as soon as you see Quill kind of, like, jump down from the rafters of, um, the burnt-out roof, and then a plant opens her eyes, and (laughs) Bramble just pops in, uh, finally having distracted the guards and moving them away, Viola, you are there as well, and we are 
in the building. I'm Batman, motherfuckers! And then I stroll into the crime scene. All Who right. the fuck is Batman? <laughs> Sorry, that's from my, my uh, country. Uh, He's a man who's a bat. It's pretty fucked, actually. Everyone roll a... Well, let me let me kind of set the scene. You walk into this room, um, and there is kind of a common room um, that juts off into little alcoves where beds are set up. Um, there are five beds in this little cottage. You can see them all from the main room. The thing that distinguishes uh, four of those beds from the rest are heavy blood stains on the beds and on the floor. Um, oh shit. It looks as uh, if, like... It's time of the month. Yep. Well, it's there's basically an entire person's amount of blood for most of these. Um, heavy flow. Heavy. It uh, As you walk in, you kind of get the metally smell of a lot of blood, like that of copper or... What is the blood smell? Iron. Iron, whatever. Um, Copper's for Vulcans. Copper is for Vulcans. You got me on that. We don't have green blood. A Vulcan was killed here! <laughs> uh, um, so, that's your immediate thing. Um, there looks like to be a few wardrobes and dr- doors. There's a desk. Uh, for the most part, it looks like a lot of things where belongings were kept were burnt. Um, so you see a lot of, like, trinkets or items of clothing that looks like they caught caught up in the flames. The flames look like they started from a corner in the room, um, kind of further to your far uh, left. And um, now you're in there. What do you want to do? Uh, can I roll an investigation check? Yes. I would cool. be upset if you didn't. I got a two. I also roll investigation. Let's just all roll investigation. Um, Tavis, your investigation check turns up. You get distracted because there's a plant on the um that's in the room, mm-hmm. and it looks like half of it was burnt, and it is a very upset plant. Oh, I rolled a six. I thought you were going to tell me that it was weed and it was still smoldering and it got high. <laughs> no, I got oh, 19. 16. 16 and a 19. And a 6 from me. So I'm I'm also checking out that same plant with Tavis. Okay. Um, so both of you with 16s and 19s. I will say, um, with a 16, Quill, you go Wait, over Wait, is this a perception death. check? No, in t- uh, investigation. Investigation? Okay, well then I get um, 18 because it's minus 1. Okay, it's cool. Basically the same. You know that it takes you a little bit longer to notice. Um... But, uh, for, so first, Quill, you go over to the desk and you find a small book. Looks like a journal of some sorts. There's a quill next to it that looks like it's been dipped in an ink quill for Quill. Uh, I see what you're saying, yeah. Um, and, um, with an 18, though, um, Bramble, you look under, um, like... Uh, that same desk that Quill is looking at, and you find a small glass sphere. And, um, you notice it because there's a faint glow coming from it. 
and it is looks like it is rolled under the desk. Ooh, dibs. I grab it. Alright. You grab it, and as soon as you touch it, um, it doesn't hurt you or anything, but it does, it kind of startles you because it starts to emit the amount of light that you would expect, like, a light bulb to emit. Cool. Because, um, you have found an object that's just a little bit magic. Yes. My favorite thing. Um, are we noticing this, or are we still in our plant? No, you can see her, like, bend down to get it. And Quill is looking at this book. Okay. Can you... Michael, Do I, I notice any writing on this book? Oh, you notice a lot of writing, my friend, and I'm about to post it. It is a book, so you probably do notice some writing in it. I'm going to save it and... Womp, 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 womp. It is uploading right now, and it is Bright Bounties underscore Gale's Journal. Oh, Google Docs doesn't have chiller font. Fuck you. <laughs> oh. That's okay, I'll imagine it. No, put... hold on, no. Fuck you. Everybody okay. look at my screen. I'm screen sharing. We're screen gonna... sharing? We're gonna put that's, how you, that's how you get AIDS. <laughs> there it is. There it is in all of its beauty. Zoom this it is in. my chiller font. Okay. Look at it. Okay, okay, Edge Lord. Okay, boy. I did it in because it looks like someone was writing with a quill. Oops. It's okay. Hell, you can stop zoom, zoom. No, you read the version in the fucking doc. Well, that's not <laughs> what you said like... to do. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, so I'm just very upset. So I'm reading about a tomb. Yeah. It starts with, I, Capralis, Gail Everhart, member of the Ebony Circle, hereby submit this report to our findings in the search of Red Hawk's tomb. This sentence looks like it has been uh, written and drafted in several different versions, um, as if the author was trying really hard to make this opening sentence sound worthwhile. We made contact with Father Brayburn when we arrived in town. He was welcoming and offered us any assistance that he could provide. He knows our position as members of the Circle, but that's all we were allowed to reveal to him. Um, the next entry, after a week of mingling with the locals and trying to be discreet, we came to the conclusion that they knew about as much of the location of the tomb as we did. This knowledge amounted to little more than crazy rumors of fantastical treasures hidden in the hills. In fact, some of this, this whole town is built on rumors of treasure hidden out in the mountains. Hopefully we'll find out more than old tales about shadow steel dragons, red mithril ore, or cults of snake demon worshippers. These people don't lie for creativity, I'll give them that. I know that the treasure we're searching for is all too real, and we almost know nothing about what its true power is. I uh, had a long discussion with the tavern keeper today. Um, he put hey, us on the trail. I'll we'll be right back. That's fine. He put us on the trail of some of the groups that have been um, far, that have been further out into the mountains than others, into what is known as the home of the mountain men, and actually came back. Um, some dwarves that frequent the tavern have been making regular trips out into the mountains, carrying digging supplies and explosives, coming back with nothing. Yet they're always in high spirits. Dobrik and Burke are going to try to find them later, to see if they can get more information. Thorn Swordhand, the blacksmith, was the only survivor of an expedition deep into the mountains a few years ago. He apparently doesn't talk much about the incident, but hopefully I'll get him to open up a little bit if I buy him a drink. He seems to, uh, like talking to me. 
Finally, there's an old storyteller who lives in the outside walls to the north. His, he's named Brom. He's apparently one of the older residents in town, and he's well known for his knowledge of Red Hawk's history. I'm not holding out hope for this one, but the old man knows a lot about the town. Also, it would do some, Jace some good to get out of the walls for a while. This, first this is his first assignment, and he's a little nervous. Um, I'll, that's all I'll read for right now. Okay. Now, did you mean to steal the name Father Brayburn from Shadows of Israfel, the Yogscast series? That's where I got it from. <laughs> okay. Father Burn Bray. Father yeah. Burn Bray. So, we've received some interesting locations from following up on our leads, and I think we're finally on to something. That's right. We're headed, we're headed down the trail in the morning, um, into the mountains in the morning, and with any luck, we'll be back soon. Finally, after a few days of close calls and almost freezing to death, we've definitely found something important. A carved doorway in the deep in the mountains that bore the crest of a giant moth. This moth is apparently the coat of arms for the tribe of men in the mountains. The local... The giant, the, you said moth, like M-O-T-H. Yes. I'm just gonna hide my new orb. <laughs> uh, after trying several magical So help me God, Blake, if you make me fight Mothman in this campaign, I'm leaving. You're not the one holding a giant light bulb, okay? You're safe. If any one of us is gonna get got by the moths, it's gonna be Bramble. That's the wrong RPG podcast. Yeah. Um, so... They apparently found something that they thought was the tomb from following up on these leads. Right. It's Neat. what you get from this. Um, so, what do you want to do? Okay, so... Uh, Let's find those dwarves that apparently know more things. Ooh, we could talk to our dwarf and see if he knows other dwarves. And then I leave with Steve. Oh, okay. Um, well, for me, that sword hand thorn boy... He he says that the only way to get him up is to buy him a drink, so I'm going to get on that and go to the tavern. You guys have fun. I really, really, really want to check out that doorway. I, am, the, I want to check out the doorway. Which doorway? The one that they were talking about, the carved one. Yeah, yeah. they found that after going into the mountains, but yeah, I wanna go you don't know where that is. Oh, the mountains are very big. They can't be that big. Come on. I think I metagamed a little bit, so I've got to erase my brain real quick. How did how did you metagame? Please tell me. Well, I I've been in this universe before. Not this universe. It's a little bit different. This is this uh, original one shot is something that I built that I turned into a campaign that Michael also played in. Oh, okay. So there are a, there are some similarities in like location and characters, and a little bit of the story. But okay. this is very different. Like I originally built this to be the one shot. Okay. Is there any chance of us getting a Sherpa? So, they had to find this location from reading over the journal again by following up on one of these leads that they talked about is what you basically get from reading this. Darn it. There are still two dead bodies. I, ju I mean, I'm going to get liquor, but I just want to let y'all know, if you're looking for things to do, there are bodies you can go check out. I'm not interested in a corpse. It's not going to tell me anything. How many? So you can go... Four? Because there were five people. They've doubled! My god! You guys have to... We have to stop this before it continues! You see also four, like, pools of blood. 
And a partridge in a trash can. <laughs> um, so, is that all you guys want to follow up on, or? Because you guys don't have to split up all the way. You can go with some and figure out some of these. Um, okay, I'm going to follow Viola because mm-hmm. where there's drink, there's food. Yeah. That's right. Um, also, yeah, they also mentioned meeting with a Father Brayburn. And, um... Does he sell apples? No, he's an actual father. Oh. Uh, the father Burnbray. We've been over this. Burnbray. Finally, there's the old storyteller who lives outside the walls to the north. He's named Brom. He's apparently one of the older residents in town, and he's well known for his knowledge of Red Hawk's history. Not holding out hope for this one, but the old man knows a lot about the town, and it would do Jason good to get out for a while. Okay, I guess I'll go talk to Brom. He might have food. Hey, you're with me! No, I'm You've going... You've already stuck with it! No, I'm gonna go talk to Brom and see if he has food. <laughs> um, and you're doing that too, Quill? Well, in that case, I think... Let's see here. Where did it go? Let's see. Okay, Linus is at the university. He's not here. Yeah. Uh... I think I'll go tar- talk to uh, Thorn Swordhand. Alright, so you and Viola are heading off to talk to Thorn. Okay. Let's go, pussycat! Let's get fucked up! Um, and, uh, Bramble, you're going out to the old storyteller. Yeah. And, um, to this, you heard something about some dwarves and you just started walking. <laughs> no, you're going to talk to uh, Bardock, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Bardock, yeah. Bardock will know where there's more dwarves because he's a dwarf. Fair enough. All right. Good job, everyone. I think let's call it there.